This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. And we have breaking news that has just come in since Bob's newscast. The Prime Minister and his wife Sophie are self isolating. Sophie is being tested for COVID-19. And so far, the prime minister has no symptoms, but he is self-isolating with her. And as you heard in Bob's news, the premiers are all in Ottawa getting ready uh, with what was supposed to be a meeting with him. We'll keep you updated on this situation. But you know, this news totally underscores the extent to which this is an emerging situation that's changing rapidly, and we are on it. In the 24 hours since we began this show yesterday, there have been massive developments. You heard most of them in Bob's news. The WHO declared COVID-19 to be a pandemic. U.S. President Donald Trump announced that he's banning all travelers coming from Europe for 30 days. And this as we head into March break, which is a huge travel season. Now, could that travel ban in the United States affect us here? That's one of the questions that we would like to have answered. And the authorities are advocating all manner of social distancing, but the main advice is still to stay calm, keep your hands clean, don't touch your face, and keep a good distance from others. As you heard in Bob's news, some major organizations are taking unprecedented measures in terms of cancellations. Notably, notably, the NBA is canceling its entire season after a player tested positive. Let me give you the numbers because we're about to go to experts who presumably have some answers. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1- 866-740-4740. And now let's bring in Dr. Marion Joppe, professor in the School of Hospitality, Food and Tourism Management at the University of Guelph, and Timothy Sly, an epidemiologist and professor at the School of Public Health at Ryerson University, and Will McAllier, executive director at the Travel Health Insurance Association of Canada. Thank you for joining us and welcome to you all. Hello? Hello? Hello. Hi. Okay. Are we all on together? Uh, let's, uh, let's begin with Dr. Timothy Sly. Uh, what do you make of the news that the Prime Minister and his wife are self-isolating? And uh, what is your reaction to the measures that we have seen uh, since yesterday? Well, first of all, I think we can be quite pleased with the way that Canada is showing up in uh, comparison with, with the rest of the world. We're doing uh, we're doing a good job. We're doing it quite well. Uh, caution is there. What they've been doing is following a fairly scientific route and not getting involved too much with the emotion. And that's uh, that that course has been a good one to uh, to follow so far. Uh, it's we're still in the containment 
phase of any pandemic. In other words, the point at which every case that arrives is, is swarmed over by lots of white-coated people and they're whisked away either to isolation if they're a case or into quarantine if they're a contact. <clears throat> and that's serving things very well indeed. There's very few cases in Canada that don't have that clear stepping stone, that clear uh, paper trail back to another case. But that will happen. It's inevitable it's going to happen. And as we move into that phase, uh, we're going to see more of what we call a mitigation uh, type of response, where we're, we're trying to uh, to flatten the curve, as the, as the phrase goes, we're trying to spread things out so it doesn't all swamp people in the medical, medical system uh, all at once. Yeah, I gather that that is the point of some of these social isolation uh, measures. Let's bring in Will McAleer and Dr. Marion Joppe. And um, Will, so I know of a lot of people who are planning to travel for March break. And of course, they're thinking about whether they should cancel. And a lot of them, frankly, what, what, uh, you know, just in my social circles are saying they were, they're waiting for the decision to be made for them. Presumably they don't want to lose money. So d- does the declaration of a pandemic change anything in terms of getting refunds? The declaration in and of itself really doesn't doesn't trigger any additional coverages under the travel insurance policies. You still need, in most cases, that alert to be up in the two highest levels, or in the case of cruises, just an avoid, the Canadians should avoid all cruises. So no, what they need to be thinking about is, sure, their comfort with going, um, and then beyond that, yeah, in order to, to claim on a travel insurance policy, whether or not there's an alert up for their destination. Uh, okay, uh so if there is an alert for their destination and they have travel insurance, are they covered for that? Yeah, of course, depending on when they purchased it. But yes, by and large, they're going to they're gonna receive coverage for it. Uh, they can still get coverage if they're planning a trip moving forward. But I think the concerns now are with what we've already got booked, particularly with uh, March break both underway and just about to start. Okay. Uh, I just want to sort of nail this down a little more. So People who haven't purchased travel insurance, uh, they're out of luck, right? No. Uh, in fact, they can shop around because there are a number of insurers who will still offer coverage for, for those areas that have not yet got the alert. Others have taken the stance saying, hey, wait a second, we know that it can spread. It's spread from different country to different country. So as a result, that's more of a known risk. So the key there is shop around ask that question as you're purchasing because that coverage is still available. No, no, I mean that if if you are cancelling a trip and you don't have insurance, there's no way you're going to get compensated. That's that's right. If, uh, what we're seeing though is our travel providers, of course, uh, reducing their cancellation penalties and the restrictions on rebooking, so there might be some uh, some relief there as well. So that would be, uh, be sound advice. Dr. Marion Joppe, what is uh, your take on this? Uh, do you th- is I mean, I'm not completely clear on on how insurance and and travel uh, deals with what would be called an act of God, I guess. Yeah, and and I think you you've just actually heard that response that if you didn't take out um, travel insurance and cancellation insurance. Yeah, the airlines um, are becoming a bit more flexible, but it's on a case-by-case basis. So there really is no 
no blanket statement to say this is what everybody is doing. Uh, when the airline cancels, as is happening increasingly, so for instance, uh, the latest is, of course, Air Canada not flying to Italy. So if they cancel the flights, then you get your money back um, because it, they were in, in control. But if you choose to cancel and there is no um, mandatory don't, do not fly, yeah, you you probably will lose a good chunk. My understanding is that some insurance policies, travel insurances, aren't paying at, even if people purchased it because they're saying you're not covered for this, you're not covered for an act of God. Is that true? Yeah. So, um, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. Sorry, sorry. From yeah, from from the industry standpoint, if you had that coverage before any advisory went up, or before the dates that that they've considered it a known condition, you've got that coverage. So you should feel confident in that. For some providers, they said after particular dates, and they range in you know in around the the eighth or ninth of March or so. They're saying for new policies, you wouldn't be covered under uh, something for for COVID nineteen. Okay, Dr. Sly, how worried are you or other officials about the impact of March break? Well, March break is a, is a is a is a is an opportunity. Let's put it like this: Mother Nature is sitting there laughing, and we just provide her the opportunity. Um, in it, it's probably a better approach to look at a, a kind of a risk 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 assessment approach every time. So, for example. Um, What's the destination? If the destination is going to be a, a Caribbean island that so far is uh, almost untouched, that would be a couple of points toward going. If you're going with some uh, with granddad or grandma uh, on the plane, that probably would be a negative indication because they are going to be far more at risk than the younger members who might not even be symptomatic at all if they become infected. So there would be an additional problem. And sitting there in an aluminum cigar tube at 39,000 feet for a number of hours, breathing uh, common air is is a certain uh, more of a risk than sitting at home in your basement. Uh, also, the 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 uh, the, the purpose of the of the of the trip. We talk about March break. I know that's more of a holiday system. But I remember back when we had SARS, we had a, one of the largest international medical conferences cancelled, and the reason for that was because these were medical specialists going back to their hospitals all over North America and coming here in the first place. And so you can see that the two-way interaction there could be absolutely catastrophic should one of those people and of course we just see yesterday an oncologist returning back to McMaster University who turned out to be positive I mean these things can happen in, uh, even among those circles so uh, it's kind of a risk assessment approach I wouldn't uh, suggest going to a, um, uh, a cruise for this particular time of year I wouldn't suggest going to Korea or Iran or Italy at the moment I think the risks are just too too high so uh, it needs to stand back and look at these various factors. Okay, uh, I have a question. So with the U.S. banning travel from Europe, uh, either Dr. Joppe or Will, does that pose a risk to anybody here? I mean, are, are people going to be questioned at the border about their travel history to Europe? How can that impact Canadians, Dr. Joppe? 
Uh, well, um, it, it can easily impact because one of the alternatives for people coming from those countries is to come via Canada and then into the States. And yes, in the States, they will probably get stopped and asked about their travel history. So, uh, you know, it's it's a, a risky thing to do. And uh, for, for us as well, um, we are so dependent on the United States uh, from a travel perspective, the movement back and forth. There's, you know, several cases that have already been sort of tracked into Canada uh, from by people that came from the States and got infected down there. So, I mean, we have this porous border. It is going to impact us, and I wouldn't be surprised if Canada in some ways follows suit um, on a, around some of these European destinations. Uh you you were speaking about Europeans maybe coming through Canada to the United States. What about Canadians? Do you anticipate that Canadians at the U.S. border will be asked, have you been to Europe recently? It could very well happen because they are trying to protect themselves. And so they know uh, that, that people will travel through Canada. Toronto in, in particular is an absolute hub for transit. Um, and so, yes, uh, it could affect them. So here is uh, uh, Dr. Sly. I want to know your take on this. I've been reading up on the situation in the United States, and the word is that they are really unprepared, that they don't have very many test kits, and that the test kits they have are not as good as ours. And because of that, the feeling among lots of professionals is that they are under-reporting. Do you have a view on that? Oh, yes, certainly. Uh, Under-reporting, even not looking at the U.S., but under-reporting generally, we're beginning to do some of the calculations on on the spread, and uh, it's becoming more evident that there is in... In, in the best of countries, in the best of circumstances, under-reporting, simply because many cases are simply not being picked up by the radar. Uh, this is unlike SARS in this regard. It's unlike influenza in this regard. Probably a larger proportion are being missed. And this accounts for the very rapid uh, spread that we saw in uh, China initially and in, in the other countries. Uh, the U.S. Is compounds it even further by, by as, you, as you pointed out, having poor decisions made, poor leadership, and uh, very poor preparation. Uh, all those test kits originally sent out across the states were found to be defective and had to be <laughs> reissued again. It's, a, it's, it's almost a Hollywood uh, comedy movie in the states, uh, apparently so far. Let's hope that they clean up their act. But of course, that border you've mentioned already, the porous border is uh, perilously close. This thing will happen. It will happen to all countries, some a little bit sooner, some a little bit later. We will see a very large number of people. Uh, proportion can be from the low of, say, 25% up to, who knows, 50% of people will at some point in the next 18 months, uh, first wave, second wave, or maybe a third wave, become infected with this. I think the thing to remember, though, is that the majority of of uh, younger people are not going to suffer much at all. It, it will be the older people who are suffering far more than they did in, say, with influenza. 
and uh, it will be the people with underlying medical conditions. So again, that's another reason not to go on a on a, a trip this 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 uh, this particular coming week if if you have a, a, um, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or cardiovascular disease or you have you're on a cancer therapy or your immune response is is low. Any of those reasons. Uh, stay home. Uh, don't don't mix it with the public. Don't go to church or synagogue or a temple or something like that. Uh, stay away from the football games and the subway. Uh, and use lots of uh, sprayed alcohol and uh, hand sanitizer. So those people really have to be protected. And this is what this uh, this flattening is. We're really worried. Uh, probably most of the sector we're worried about is the, is the medical sector, the hospitals. Yeah. Okay. So here is, I mean, this is um, a matter of opinion, I guess, but uh, when I, I've been talking to medical professionals and uh, I'm reading a lot of reports out of the United States and they're, what they seem to suggest is that the reason they are less prepared, they're kind of blaming it on the leadership, on, on Donald Trump uh, downplaying this at the beginning. It still doesn't make sense to me that a very sophisticated medical system would be so dependent on some order from the top. Am I wrong about that? No, I think this is an astute observation. Uh, the U.S. has taken leadership uh, around the world with its CDC, who have, a, who have had, until uh, about a year or year and a half ago, a sort of a global responsibility to parachute in and help solve problems wherever it is, whether it's in the Congo or, or, or wherever. But they were slashed back mercilessly about a year and a half ago in their funding. So they had to not be prepared. They were not able to be prepared to help out globally anymore. Even their domestic uh, functions were, people were fired, uh, departments were closed down. Uh, so they became very much a, 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 a very less effective than they had been for generations. So the decisions at the top have been making uh, waves all the way through the system. And of course, when, once you get uh, departments populated by people who are placed there by people at the very top, those, those, uh, those decisions are echoed as well or blocked or resisted or, or it's downplayed. Uh, for example, that uh, statement made, I think, three days ago um, by the leader himself, who said, uh, "Well, this thing will blow over very soon. What we should be worried about is the is the travel industry." Now, of course, we all have to worry about the travel industry, but that's not the reason to think that it's going to blow away because it won't. This is a, a pandemic; it will affect the United States as much as it has every other country. So we need to be prepared. We are, I think, very well prepared here, uh, but it will happen here as well, just a little bit later than sooner. Okay. Uh- Dr. Joppe, do you think, are you seeing any changes in travel patterns to the United States or just so far to the affected areas? No, I think travel overall has uh, really decreased. A lot of people are reconsidering uh, traveling. Um, Yes, they are weighing where they are going, as they should, because there are destinations that you definitely should not be going to and and others are a little bit less uh dangerous but i think overall the cancellations and missing bookings are very significant and are becoming more so as this is um you know 
becoming more serious in many, many, many more destinations. For a long time, um, Caribbean, Latin America, Mexico had no cases or very, very few cases. They're getting their cases as well. So even those destinations that people sort of deemed relatively safe aren't really anymore. So increasingly, people are canceling. Uh, let me ask you this, Dr. Sly. Um, what do you think about travel inside Canada for people who are either older or who have underlying health issues or just for anyone? Is, is there a level of risk just, you know, going through an airport and being on an airplane, even if you're not leaving the country? Well, I think, again, it depends uh, where you're suggesting travel. If you're going from, uh, uh, you know, uh, Moose jaw to to moose breath, Saskatchewan on a local train. That's not so much of a problem at all. If you're going passing through Pearson Airport, as a previous uh, speaker was saying, it is a a world hub. Um, then risk does go up. If you're spending any time in the airport, going to the washroom in the airport, going to the restaurant in the airport, we have people from all over the world who are descending on an airport like that. Uh, the U.S. did a number of years ago a a worst case scenario for a um, uh, sort of a biological warfare set up where they said what would be the most dangerous place to have a person who deliberately infected themselves with, I forget what the disease was they were proposing, and it had turned out to be Los Angeles Airport, just to wander through the airport and you would do more damage that way by spreading people who are coming back and going off to every country in the world uh, more than any other possible. So transportation is a, is a concern, no question about it. Um, the 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 current wisdom that you're uh, you're sort of in threat of about two seats ahead, two seats behind, and two seats either side, that generally does tend to work. But we do have examples, uh, and examples from SARS, where a gentleman got on a plane who we knew was infected, and he inf- he infected 22 other people on the plane as far as seven rows ahead and five rows behind and both rose all the way to the side of the aircraft, including a couple of attendants who then went back and uh, infected a lot of other people in their villages. So there, we can't just rely on, on that idea. I mean, you're in a cigar tube breathing a lot of people's air, and it's being recycled. So there are risks, for sure. And if I, if, if I had, I am, a, I am an elderly um, uh, family member myself, uh, but if if you have family members who are elderly or who have underlying medical conditions, the best place for them to be at the moment is not to travel and to be calmly in their basement and uh, and you know with a barrier around them so that uh, the, not a physical barrier but I mean a, a practice barrier so they don't become infected. Doctor Sly, and we're starting to run out of time here, but uh, should there be more screening at our airports? Okay, very, very quickly, uh, the, the temperature screening is only about 50% effective anyway. We found that out. Uh, you can expect to see half the people being not being picked up for that. Secondly, I agree. Even though we said that Canada is better prepared than most, uh, I don't think anywhere on Earth is actually prepared for what's happening. We just, there's nobody in living memory can, can uh, recount stories or procedures from 1918. 
nobody is everybody will be taken uh, to, but to some degree by by surprise by what will be unfolding in the next uh, few months okay uh, and we'll also have a final word from uh, first uh, will McAleer and then dr. Jappe what uh, what is your advice to people traveling will 20 seconds. Okay. Yeah, advice to people is make sure you're getting the clarity on the coverage you've got. Uh, if you are traveling, make sure that you're going to get to have the coverage and the peace of mind that you need in, in these times when we can uh, all use a little bit of that. Okay, Dr. Jappe? Yeah, I, I would echo both of those. Um, you know, if you can at all cancel, you probably should. Um, and, and just And just hunker down. Stay safe. Don't give it to others um, because we are carriers without realizing it. Okay. Thank you all, Dr. Timothy Sly, Will McAleer, and Dr. Marion Joppe. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.